talking really you know they got they got a real small number beside their name so they're supposed to win that meet you know i'm sure looking on paper they're 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 probably highly favored i don't think that in one bit i know that's not the case um you know we've developed a, a a healthy rivalry which means that it's back and forth which means that we respect one another but we do not give inch we don't give a quarter we give nothing to them we respect them and that's what i think where you got to find a as a as a competitor you know some of these guys are like ah we're not going to shake hands we're not going to let them use their room we're not going to do all this bs and i i look at it <laughs> I look at it a lot different, man. I will fight you for everything. I'll fight Dresser. I'll, I'll put Dresser down if I have to. Um, that old bastard. <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, that's all you can make fun of me. The old, well, yeah, you are old. So I can make fun of you on that. And his hair's thinning a little bit. Um, and I'm sure he can, he, he'll, he'll make fun of me a little bit. But I, I took some exception at fight night because he, he brought me a diet Mountain Dew. And I'm still, I'm still pissed about that. Number one, obviously, all glory to God. And then there's a campus, the most efficient organization on the planet. I mean, I'm going to put a plug in because I think we're in the damn state of Iowa. Bobby Telford, I'm the baddest man on the planet. Note to self, do not by any means bring Doug Schwab a Diet Mountain Dew. Largest takeaway from the press conference that he held earlier this week on Monday. Um, Sort of a preview for the Iowa State Northern Iowa duel on Friday. Cedar Falls at the McLeod Center. Going to be a great matchup. Iowa's Big 12 showdown between the Panthers and the Cyclones. Very excited for that. Very excited for today's show. Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody, and welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I'm glad you're here. I know, I know it's been a while. Didn't get to the podcast last week just with the Girls State Tournament, Boys State Duels, handful of other things going on. Um, Did try to circle back on a lot of the college stuff in the mailbag, so link to that is in the show notes if you have not read that yet. On today's show, though, kind of a two-parter. We're going to start with Doug Schwab's full press conference from Monday. He goes about 15 minutes or so just kind of discussing... you know, recaps uh, the Panthers weekend as a whole, which was a pretty good one. They beat Cal Baptist and then beat West Virginia. Um, Then obviously looks ahead to upcoming Friday's duel against Iowa State. Going to be a really exciting matchup. Um, You know, Iowa State has actually won the last three in the series, but if you go back to the last six, pretty even at three to three. Uh, Two of the last three meetings, although they've gone Iowa State's way, um, have been decided by two points or fewer. So you know it's going to be a thriller. You know it's going to be a close duel. As many as 16 ranked individuals using Intermat's most recent polls that they released this week. Um, You know, believe 10 guys ranked 10th or better, or 10 guys ranked 15th or better, excuse me. Um, You know, we'll break down the matchup a little bit more in detail on another podcast later this week. Going to get to hear from, obviously, Iowa State coach Kevin Dresser as well. Um, That'll be on a show later this week. Um, So yeah, we're going to start with Doug Schwab's press conference. And then on the other end of that, like immediately as soon as that one's done, brought on Robbie Wendell, um, ACC correspondent for Intermap, got to discuss uh, Iowa State's win over Pitt, uh, 16-15. That was last Saturday. So I know, I know it's been a while. We're kind of late on discussing that particular duel. But um, we just kind of looked at some big picture things, broke down the duel in depth. Always love chatting with Robbie. Um, So we were able to hop on a Zoom call together 
discuss the duel after I was able to rewatch it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of today's show. We're going to go just about an hour, um, starting with Doug, and then we'll wrap up with uh, Robbie and I. Hope you guys enjoy. We'll hop to the good stuff now, and I will catch you guys on the flip side. Solid weekend. Um, you know, I think anytime you shut a team out, it's always a good thing. Um, you know, four pins, and then, you know, then you have a quick turnaround. You fly out to Morgantown, which, you know, can be a little bit of a, a trap meet, so to speak. Um, you can get looking ahead. You know, you can think about the weekend, think about the travel. Um, and I probably didn't give our guys enough credit yesterday, I think, in how, how they handled it. Um, but it just, to me, that becomes the expectation of what it is. It doesn't matter. Uh, kind of what's put in front of us, we we handle it and we handle it. Uh, we handle it well. We knock it out of the park. Um, I don't know if we knocked it out of the park yesterday, but um, you know West Virginia's done a good job. Flynn and Moore and Port, those guys, uh, they've done a really good job with their program. They've gotten better. Um, they they scrap it up and down the lineup, and you know we had some guys that I think really came out. You know, and I think about a guy like Happo, he came out with a purpose. Um, that, that kid's been wrestling. That kid's been wrestling well and being able to keep matches close. And he just didn't allow that to happen. And sometimes when you, you, you wrestle with that kind of, I don't say reckless abandon, but you wrestle with a purpose. I am going to enforce my will, and I'm going to continue to do it. And he's done it the last couple of meets. And, you know, we talked a little bit after the meet that losses aren't necessarily a bad thing. It's how they're used. Um, it can light a fire. It can stoke you. It can piss you off, so to speak. Um, but it's all about the response. Um, and then he responded. He responded well after last weekend. Um, and sometimes you got to be reminded of that. And, you know, we had a few guys yesterday, I think, got reminded of that. You know, I saw them in there this morning, and they're, they're ready to go and get better. Um, and, you know, I think you look towards that. But uh, I'm going to send, say, one guy, you know, uh, Caleb Runyon. Heck, I mean, we, we told him, and I called him that morning, hey, he'd be ready to go. Because <laughs> uh, Noah... Noah got, I mean, and you guys see him. I mean, you guys have seen the movie Rocky before. His eye was totally closed. I mean, it was shut. And, you know, I'm like, I'm joking. I will cut it. And our, our trainer Frank's like, ah, they don't want to do that. I'm like, I know we're not going to do that. Uh, but, you know, that's where I kind of tell these guys a little bit of where they stand ready. They're kind of like, uh, you know, in case of emergency break glass. And that's what Caleb run and exactly what he was. Um, so we called him up and say, hey, you ready to go? Yeah, he's ready to go. And probably a pretty cool thing, too, for him. You know, to be in the same same lineup, wrestle with your brother. Um, you know, we got to West Virginia, Morgantown's maybe about 11 hours, and you know, I see, I see the the Runyons, the Runyons, the Yans, the Hoshlogs, um, and Happels front and center, and you love it. And then I got to send Maddie, Matthew, Matthew, what Singleton? I got to look at his name again. But guy, guy was wearing U and I stuff. Came in, I'm like, man, all right, man, we got a U and I fan. And all of a sudden, there's a meat, the meat was going, and I could hear this guy chirping. And I remember I turned around ten time, and I was just like, I was giving him a thumbs up. I'm like, man, you're, you're the best. This is awesome. Um, ended up that he's a, he, he knows, knows Ethan, Ethan Basil, and um, he wrestles at school, West Liberty. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, you love seeing fans in. And I, that's one thing I think about when we go to an opposing arena. And I told the team, like, there's two things that we want to do when we go to opposing arena. We want it to be quiet, and we want to win over fans. Because of how you compete. And they might not like you at the time because they're like, damn, I do not like these guys one bit. But, man, I respect them. I respect how they compete. I respect how they came out here. Uh, you know, they've been 
they competed in a way that wins over fans, and I feel like our guys do that, and they do a hell of a job of it, and it takes a lot of work to be able to do that. Um, so, you know, getting a couple wins, um, you know, going on the road, but to me, eh, whatever it is, you just handle it, and you handle it well, and our guys did. Uh, so we got back uh, late last night, got a day off today, and guys kind of take care of their bodies, and I think we got to meet against Iowa State on Friday. So, and, you know, we'll talking really you know they got they got a real small number beside their name so they're supposed to win that meet you know i'm sure looking on paper they're 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 probably highly favored i don't think that one bit i know that's not the case um you know we've developed a a, a healthy rivalry which means that it's back and forth which means that we respect one another but we do not give inch we don't give a quarter we give nothing to them we respect them, and that's I think where you got to find a as a as a competitor. You know, some of these guys are like, ah, we're not going to shake hands, we're not going to let them use their room, we're not going to do all this BS. And I, I look at it, <laughs> I look at it a lot different, man. I will fight you for everything. I'll fight Dresser. I'll I'll put Dresser down if I have to. Um, that old bastard. <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, that's all you can make fun of me. He's old. Well, yeah, you are old, so I can make funny on that. And his hair's thinning a little bit. Um, I'm sure he can. He, he'll he'll make fun of me a little bit, but I I took some exception at fight night because he he brought me a diet Mountain Dew, and I'm still I'm still pissed about that. Um, but you know, there's two really good teams, and I'll tell you that they they do have a really good team. They're solid up and down. Um, you know, they had a couple scraps this weekend, and they found a way, and that's what that's what great teams do. And I feel like we're a great team too. Um, and it should be a meet that there should be zero issue. With it being totally packed, like I, I'm actually, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be disappointed. I'm be very disappointed uh, that if this isn't, if this place isn't to the rafters, uh, because of because of the two teams that are put out there. Because if you start looking at matchups, I mean, I'd be hard pressed to find a, a better dual meet. And I guess I haven't looked at the lineup, but I'd be real hard pressed to find me a better dual meet that's going on Friday night at seven o'clock anywhere in the country. I'll put that, I'll put that meet up against anyone else anywhere, and. If I'm a wrestling fan, I'm there. If I'm a UNI wrestling fan, I'm freaking front row. If I'm a Iowa State fan, we'll put you up in the rafters. Um, but we'll we'll still take you. Uh, but, you know, you try not to get ahead of yourself. Like I said, you know, after the meet on, on Friday, it was like, I'm worried about West Virginia. That was it. And as a coach, that's what you have to do. Um, not saying you don't you don't circle some dates, but... And I, I know our guys look forward to this one. You know, being senior day and, you know, senior senior day is always bittersweet a little bit. Um, but not bittersweet in, this, the, in the growth that I've seen out of these individuals. You know, I, we're going to honor. And we have some guys that have a chance, you know, to maybe take that sixth year. We have two guys that are in their sixth year right now in Austin Yent and Derek Hochlog. Um, but seeing the growth that those guys have had, incredible. Man, seeing the men they've become. Um, and they still... You know, so let's not get ahead of ourselves and their career's done. They still have some they still have some things that they want to accomplish. Um and I know they're how they're gonna go after those um uh, moving forward. And you know, and we got we got a few other seniors that will get recognized. Um and just going through Gable Fox. I'm trying to think of Gable Fox, Cade Lara. Sorry, I'm I'm struggling right now. Noah Glazer. And Tyrell and Kyle Biscaglia. Um, you know, got a few guys that potentially looking at taking their six year. A few of those guys will be done. You know, Noah's 
got into PT school. Uh, Kyle's going into med school. You know, so um, you're going to miss those guys. Um, but proud of proud of who they are, man, how they represent our program. Like I said, that time doesn't end just because their competition ends. Um, and I know those guys, those guys got some, they got some things that they want to left to check off the box. And, you know, beating Iowa State in the last home duel is certainly one of those. Um, so, I mean, I can go through the matchups, but I think a lot of these matchups speak for themselves. Um, a lot of the wrestling speaks for themselves. You know, I got a top, top five matchup, I think, at 84. Got a lot of, got a lot of, to me, I guess, uh, exciting, exciting, an absolutely exciting duel. I mean, think about last year, and you know, if you didn't enjoy that atmosphere, then you're not. To me, you're not a wrestling fan. So now, to me, we got to we got to amplify that, and so that means it's got to be packed, and that's on our job. But I think we've done our job as a team. I think Iowa State's done their job as a team, and we've earned that. So, get your damn tickets, get your popcorn, and get ready for. Get ready for a show. Doug, you had mentioned uh, after the Oklahoma State duel that there were some things that they were just held in on not allowing you guys to do in that meeting. Do you anticipate yeah. Iowa State having a similar approach, or is, is this a whole different animal? Uh, they're coached well. <laughs> they, I mean, we know each other well, too, though. I mean, it's not – I mean, most of our guys have seen each other, you know, somewhere along the line, and we know some things. So they're certainly going to – you know, be some game plans. I can think of a few matches. Okay, well, I know some things that this guy's going to try to do. Um, and to me, it's still about enforcing those positions. But, I, you know, Oklahoma State, they were not going to let us be head position. We killed them, and they were going to not get ridden. Um, you know, and those are things that I think they, they're across the board, though. You don't want that to happen no matter what. Um, but Iowa State will have their guys prepared. Um, you know, they'll have they'll have game plans in certain situations, and so will we. You know, so... You know, we got the week to get guys prepared. And to me, it's just, it's really enjoying the week. Because um, how many of these do you get? You know, for us, you know, we, we get, for some of these guys, you know, they're, they're fortunate because they got a six year, so maybe they get a fifth duel with Iowa State. But we get, we get four duels. These guys get four duels with an in-state rival. Four of them. We should have a hell of a lot more than that, but we get four of them. So, man, I, if you don't do anything but smile and, and grin and, Oh shit, man! I can't wait for this opportunity. Then something's wrong. But yeah, they'll be prepared, and so will we. Does a duel like this basically a lot of the times it gets down to bonus points? You, either you get, they get some, or you get some. How big is an emphasis that when you match up like this? Ah, uh, bonus points are always huge. <laughs> I mean, go back to Oklahoma State. I mean, it was it was a bonus point. It was bonus points end up being the difference in that duel, and. You know, the last few years when we look at some of those, um, you know, they've, they've found a – and that's what great teams do. They've, they've found a way to win a match that maybe was a toss-up or maybe we were favored in. You know, I think that's one thing with rivalry. Like, there's some things that maybe you don't expect to happen, happen. And we just got to have that more happen on our side. But, yeah, if we got a chance to put a guy away, hell, yeah, we got to put him away. Um, you know, I, I would say there's probably a couple matches where – if you go by numbers, they're probably they're probably heavily favored. You know, so I don't want to say you minimize those, but you got to make them earn every point. So I'll, I'll go back to Hochschlag last year. You know, I think he ended up 
not giving up a major to Carr. And you know, at the time, you're like, oh, man, you know, good not giving a major. But he scrapped through everything. He fought through everything. You know, it wasn't like he just turned, okay, I'm going to this guy. This guy just going get, to get, take this because he's, you know, he's defending national champion. And to me, those are the things that have to happen. We have to make him earn every single point in every single position. And if we get a chance to put a guy away, we put their ass away. Um, and they're going to make it hard to do that. They don't give up, they don't give up a whole lot of points. Um, I've watched a lot of their wrestling. They're, they're, they're very solid up in that lineup. I mean, you, heck, man, they're, you know, I know some of their lower weights are, are struggling right now. That didn't, that means nothing. <laughs> that means nothing in this match. You know, 49's had a, had a great year. 65 is undefeated. Um, you know, 84's had, a, that dude's had a great year. Beat defending national champion. You know, 97's one of the best 97 pounders. Heavyweight, man, that dude, he's, He's just ice cold and ice and meats, you know. I'll give him, I'll give him some credit, but yeah, I'll talk up their team a whole lot. But I like, I, I like the firepower we're bringing just a little bit better, actually a whole lot better. I just get some momentum. I mean, he's the, he's a great wrestler, um, and sometimes. Sometimes you get caught up into the results a little too much, and not the process and the process. And and, and sometimes it is just it is just a win. Um, he he wrestled he wrestled well. And um, if you're building back from something, and I don't know if anyone's ever had you know had an injury, they're building back from something. You know, it just takes a little bit to okay. Oh, I'm okay. You know, I'm okay in this position. Um, you saw like he's kind of trying to find the balance of speeding up and slowing down. And he's finding he's finding that right mix, uh, but man, that dude is that dude is a holy cow! He, he is a good wrestler, he's a great wrestler, and he's starting to find that again. And they like said you just you got to have he's, sometimes a few wins just puts you over that hump. Um, but I saw that Joel is from West Virginia is very dangerous. You know he goes he he goes for kitchen sink a whole bunch, um, and you know in in that situation he just he controlled the match and he ended up winning eight one. Um, and really, really dominated that match and had a pin, a short pin. So it was good. I think that was, you know, he had, he's had a couple pins. He had, you know, a full match. Um, but he's rounding into shape. Uh, and if there's a time when we want to wrestle our best, it's March. And he will be wrestling his best in March. When you mentioned, you know, you expect or it should be packed. I mean, last year it was packed. Yeah. <laughs> no, not not with the two teams that are getting put on the map. Um, he said not with the numbers beside their name and not with the storied programs that we have and not being in the state of Iowa. I mean, oh, we're in the greatest wrestling state in the in the world, and people recognize it and appreciate it. And I tell you, it, duels are duels are probably the you know everyone's kind of talking right now about. Okay, duels in, in the national tournament. And the national tournament is one of the, the the greatest events I've ever been to. It is so fun. Um, but, man, to, to to be able to package something for two hours, to have a dual meet, to have the drama, to have, you know, each battle and I think the ups and downs of it and, I mean, the the twists and turns. And um, I don't think there's anything like a dual meet. And when the drama gets high, and then you know, all of a sudden there's a big upset, and there's the roar of the crowd, and then up and down, and um, so duels, those are a whole hell of a lot of fun. And 
man, like I said, we don't get these opportunities a whole lot. And in a packed house, um, I don't know. I don't know what the the number, the you know, the the, the biggest number that's been in for a dual meet. You know, I remember I remember a volleyball game a few years ago that you know it was up top. There was it was standing room the whole way, and I had to be probably one of the biggest crowds ever. I've been here a few basketball games when it's been just standing room only. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely, man, I expect it to be standing room only, and I expect everyone to leave like, man, that was a great, that was a great meet. I can't wait for the next one. As promised, brought on Robbie Wendell, our Intermat guy who covers ACC wrestling. Wanted to pick your brain about that fantastic Iowa State pit duel. Uh, Robbie, how are you doing, my man? I'm great, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good. Still, uh, still easing my way. I'm, I'm in this funny balancing act in the month of February where it's like a bunch of high school stuff and a bunch of collegiate stuff. So just got done with the girl state tournament. The boys state tournament is next week. Um, so I've spent the last two days rewatching a lot of college duels and I saved the best for last watching Iowa state pit before we recorded here. Um, we're recording this on a Monday. So we're a few days removed from that duel, but Iowa state won a thriller 16, 15 came down to criteria, total match points. Cause they split five, five, all decisions, a great duel Pitt wins the first three, Iowa state wins the next three. And then they alternate all the way through the end. What was kind of your biggest takeaway, man? This, I, this was a fantastic duel. Um, so I'm kind of curious, like what was like the biggest thing that, that jumped out to you while watching this? Well, I think there was a few things, um, the biggest thing that that came up out of it, and it's it's what I've been trying to say for a few months now, is that that pits pits a real deal. I mean, they've they've got a phenomenal team, especially dual wise. That just with the experience that they have and their ability to win close matches is really second to none uh, in in a lot of ways. And we're seeing that finally in a national scene. They're they're leading the ACC right now. They're three and zero in the ACC. Um, alone in first place. So it's uh, it's showing on our side, and I think it was good to see, to have a national audience get to see that against a Big 12 team. When Iowa State released their schedule, um, a few things jumped out. The I mean, the fact that they're continuing to wrestle teams like Arizona State, awesome. Um, got a Big 10 team on the schedule. And here in the beginning of February, when I saw that Pitt was on the schedule, I was like, hey, this could be kind of fun. And Obviously, the ACC has done a tremendous job just as a conference, building a lot of depth. Pitt, as you've mentioned, is a huge part of that. They're undefeated in conference duels so far this year. They are among the teams, along with, you know, NC State, Virginia Tech, and, um, you know, a conglomerate of probably 10 to 12 teams, right, that I think are firmly in the trophy hunt. And I think watching this duel, nothing really changed my opinion on that. Um, I think what maybe was interesting um, or at least maybe what led to Iowa State ultimately winning the duel. And we kind of talked about this before I hit record here. Um, Pitt winning those close matches is probably going to be really good in March. It could also bite them in the butt. Um, you know, Pitt five to five in matches is how this duel ultimately went, right? Pitt takes the first three, Iowa State takes the next three, and then they alternate the last four. Pitt won all of their matches by two points or less. Um, whereas Iowa State three of their five wins, they put up three points or more. Obviously, David Carr and, and Marcus Coleman both won pretty handily. David won 7-3 over Holden Heller. Marcus put up 10 points to beat Reese Heller. Uh, I'm assuming they're related. Um, Brothers, <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah. Um, 
rough, tough, tough assignment for, for the Heller brothers. But um, that ultimately was what led Iowa State to winning on the third criteria, most total match points. Um, I guess big picture before we get into the nitty gritty of the duel. Um, it's great that they can win close matches. Does that worry you at all as we get closer to the postseason? Yeah, it does. It worries me with their duel they have coming up against NC State this weekend. That's going to really determine whether Pitt can run away with the ACC title or whether it's likely to be a three-way tie between Pitt, uh, NC State, and, and Virginia Tech, and they're with all with one with one loss. Um, so I was at the UVA NC State match on Friday, and Jacob Camacho, who's in redshirt this year. Was came up to the scores table with me, and while I was I was watching this the the Pitt and UNC duel, while I was watching the UVA NC State duel, because you know you have to multitask. <laughs> so he was watching with me for the the Lachlan McNeil Cole Matthews match, and that was a complete you know style matchup where Lachlan is is a high volume shooter, Cole's really defensive, and generally wins his matches three to two. And I told Jacob, I said, just watch, he's going to be able to stop. A lot of Lachlan shots. Now I think next time they match up, it may diff- may be different. But I said this is going to end up a three-two match, and that is exactly what it was. It was a three-two win for Cole, and that's kind of the way that Pitt works in a, in a lot of their weights is they don't put up a, a crazy amount of bonus point matches, and it's fine uh, because they're getting the wins right now. But you know, in the matches that don't go their way, if they if they can't get that that close win that's when they kind of fall apart that's their their big loss to west virginia they had a lot of really close losses their loss to maryland they had a lot of close losses so i think it's it's something that you know when they can when that goes their way it's fantastic but you always you know have that chance to bite you in the butt if you're not you're not putting people away especially in march yeah well and i'm thinking you know in a tournament setting especially in in a conference like the acc right they it's almost like they got to put all 10 guys top four on the podium to really kind of give themselves a chance if they're not going to find a way to put up the bonus points that like an NC state and a Virginia tech are capable. And then when you get to the NCAA championships, right? Like, I mean, we saw it. Iowa state's got a handful of guys that are capable of scoring bonus points. They didn't in this particular duel, but like David's a guy that day one, he's going to score points. Marcus is a guy day one. He's going to put up those points. Um, I think, you know, Pitt's probably firmly in that trophy team contending category maybe watching this duel and just kind of you and I talking about the team as a whole. It seems like the market for air is very slim, right? Like they got it. They got to do a lot of work if this is how they're going to win their matches. Right. And I don't yeah. know that that's, I don't know. That's the best way to live. I, that's no, know. not, not in the postseason. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, especially like, like we're saying, there's so many teams that are right, right on that edge of, you know, the third and fourth, third and fourth place trophies are going to be a hard fight to get to. So it's going to be those teams that, you know, they have a couple of people high on the podium, then some of all Americans, but those bonus points from the people who don't make the podium are going to be huge. And I don't know where we see that from Pitt. Um, I mean, Nino, when he's, when he's scoring a lot, has the opportunity to put up a lot of points. Uh, Cole, when he actually pulls the trigger can put up a lot of points, but he doesn't, that's not just not his style. So he doesn't do that a lot. Same thing with Mickey. Like they're just they're just not big scorers. They're great defensively. They're positionally amazing, and they stick to that. Like they, it's I mean, it's the same way that Keith wrestled. So it's it's not surprising, but it's it's going to be tough for them to put up the bonus points they need to get get a team trophy. Hundred percent. This duel specifically, a lot of really great moments. Um, a lot of close wins, obviously, from both sides. Um, wanted to ask you about a few of these matches in particular. Um, One thirty three. 
Um, wanted to ask you about Philippi Redding. Philippi ends up winning that one five to four on a riding time point. Um, I know that this was, I think Dresser challenged this call um, as to whether or not Mickey hung on to the riding time point or if Redding escaped in time. Um, the ESPN announcers and myself, I thought Redding got out in time. Um, is this like a thing where can you, can you challenge like where the clock lands? Cause I, part of me thinks that's because the ref ended up talking to both corners and like, part of me was like, okay, he probably told dresser. Hey, I don't know that you could specifically challenge that. Here's your brick. And then he probably went and told Gavin, right? Like, Hey, he can't challenge that. So we're giving him his brick. Also, you keep the writing time. point. I, I don't know if that's specifically what the conversation so, was had, but I wasn't sure if you could challenge that. I think you can. <clears throat> I think the issue with it was that it was, it was so close that it was like fractions of a second. And, you know, just like a reaction time for a takedown, you have to have some sort of reaction time for the scorekeeper to see the signal and to stop the time. And is that it was like 0. 0.4, 0. 0.4, 0.6 seconds. You know, are we going to really be able to adjust that based on how long it takes for that scorekeeper to push that button? Now, as an Iowa state fan, I can certainly see that argument. Um, it looked like it was at 59, but was it 59.8 when she went to push the button or was it, you know, 59.1 when she went to push a button? And that makes a huge difference. So, you know, it's hard to fault either side on that one. I mean, it worked out well for Mickey, but um, I think it's hard to, it's hard to argue that. And what I, what I said, one of the pit reporters, um, I was talking to him about it. I think if the challenge was, you know, it got up to a minute and three and it should have been under a minute that's easier to challenge and say, okay, it was, it was definitely 59 seconds, but when you're challenging, you know, one minute 0.4, it's a lot, it's a lot harder to say, oh yeah, that's, you know, that's pretty clear other than it just took that long to push the button. I always go back to the NFL definition of like indisputable evidence. And when you're talking tenths of a second and hundreds of a second, it's really hard. Like you could make the argument, yeah, we should probably have that technology, but like, I hear you. That's that's a really hard thing. The ref's job is already really hard. Um, yeah. I get it. At the same time, if you're Zach Redding, um, maybe score quicker than late in the second period. Maybe don't give up the takedown early in the first, which I thought was really well done by Mickey. And also, get out quicker, you know? Yeah. Like, and Mickey's pretty good on top, so that's that's a tough assignment as is. Um, but all in all, I, like, I thought this was a pretty good match. We got the good... Zach Redding, there's kind of a good Zach Redding and a bad Zach Redding, depending on how he manages his weight. Um, I know Dresser has been really high about, um, you know, the way he's been managing his weight this year. And I mean, hey, Mickey Phillippe's one of these dudes that's at the top of this weight class, maybe not the top top, but like, you know, clearly he's positioning himself for a pretty high seat come March. And I thought Redding gave him a dogfight, man. I was pretty impressed with the way that he came out and wrestled that match. No, it was a great match. I mean, it, it looked a lot like a typical Mickey match. Um actually m probably more offensive than than mickey generally is because you don't a lot of the times in, in his closer matches against better guys you're not seeing a first period takedown you're going to see you know a zero zero score going through the first because he's so so hard to score on um i think the biggest knock against mickey um is that it's just that he's not offensive he's he's backpedaling a lot he's a super defensive wrestler and you know anybody outside of pittsburgh a lot of people say that he doesn't get hit for stalling as much as he should you know, who's, who's to say whether that's right or not, but, but it was good to see him be offensive. It always, I mean, he's, he's phenomenally, he's great. He's a great takedown machine when he actually pulls the trigger, but it yeah. doesn't happen that often. 
and he didn't get hit for stalling in this match specifically. I didn't think I I didn't think he should have. I didn't think Redding mm-hmm. should have. I thought it was, you know, Mickey scored early, Zach scored late, and it just, you know, a riding time was the difference. I thought it was a pretty even match all the way around, you know, in this one off on this one night. Um wanted to ask you about 41 as well. Um, because I know you were talking about Cole Matthews and just kind of the way he wrestles is the, is these close, gritty matches. Um, five four over Casey Swiderski, early takedown basically built up enough riding time for that extra point. Um, mm-hmm. I was impressed with the way that Casey came back and wrestled, um, scored two late takedowns, um, maybe get on your horse a little bit quicker if you want to take out a guy like Cole Matthews. Um, but everything you described earlier about the way Cole Matthews wrestles, just hard-nosed, hard to take down. Um, I thought strength in this particular match looked like it was way in in Cole Matthews' favor. Yeah, um, he, was, you could he just, was living on that head. He was yeah. the front headlock, the... the, the throw by the shrucks they were all 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 there yeah and 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 casey you know true freshman he's been struggling to get out from bottom this year in addition to a handful of different things um you know cole scores that takedown immediately throws that boot in and i'm just like eesh okay that's probably the end of the period like i could you know like strength i thought was a huge factor in helping cole kind of build his lead um and ultimately you know that was the difference in the match as well riding time um you know, Casey came back hard, um, but yeah, like you, you've got to be able to pull the trigger, I think, a little bit quicker if you want to beat a guy like Cole Matthews. And I'm sure like getting Casey the opportunity to wrestle a guy like Cole Matthews, in addition to, you know, younger wrestling Nino and a handful of these other high level matches was probably the genesis behind getting Pitt on the schedule. In addition yeah. to, yeah, they're out that way. Let's wrestle another high level duel. Um, yeah, that I, Cole consistently impressive um you know and it, it you know he absolutely looks like he's one of the guys that's going to be the class of this weight come march yeah and i think swiderski is going to be really good i mean he he has flashes of brilliance for, for for a true freshman but you can see you know those those young mistakes that learning to get out of bottom is is not easy for most freshmen and you know he'll get better at it but i think the reason that cole was successful last last year and got on the podium is because he's able to win those matches. And I had another coach in the ACC tell me, you know, nobody is more comfortable than Cole Matthews in a three, two match or in a two zero match. Like he he's never phased by it. He feels comfortable wrestling there. He doesn't get, he doesn't rush anything. He doesn't, doesn't make mistakes there because he feels so comfortable. So, you know, that's huge for him come March because every match is going to be like that at NCAAs. And he's also just like, like his stature, like literally like his genes, his physiology, whatever, like he's a natural, like born 41 pounder. Like he's just mm-hmm. he low to the ground. He's stocky. He's got thick legs. Like it's really hard to break that open, you know, in the second period, for example, unless you're like a wizard. Um, now, Casey was able to get to those late scores in the third period, which, um, you know, I was encouraged to see that just from Casey. Cause I know that he's, you know, he's a guy that he's cutting a lot of weight to hold 41 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, this will probably be the only year he wrestles 141. um, to be able to come back from getting ridden in the first period. I thought was also another encouraging development. Um, has Cole Matthews ever given up two takedowns in the same period before? Um, I know it was the third, so it wasn't Not like, often. you know, yeah, like that was, you know, I, I was impressed by the way Casey came back. I think that it, w- it was great to see that last takedown. I don't think Cole fought it off at all or made any attempt to because he knew he had it wrapped up. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of throw that one out, but um, both of his takedowns that he was successful on, they were, they were outside shots, correct? Um. Yeah. They will. Yeah. The first one, what started as a slap double and then he changed off to a single and found a way to cut, you know, cut around. Yeah. 
Um, so it's, it's I think so the second hard. one was similar, but yeah. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to get through the middle on Cole. So I think that's, you know, maybe he figured it out through the match and that's, that says something about his, his mad IQ. Yeah. Well, in Casey, you know, he's another freshman thing that both him and Pinero are working on, right. Is like multiple shot attempts in the same sequence. Right. Cause if you just shoot once and you stop, like you can't just stop wrestling, right. Like you got to keep going. Right. Um, so that was, that was nice to see. Um, it would have been nice to see it earlier in the match just to kind of see, <laughs> you know, let's put, let's apply a little bit of pressure on, on a title contender and see what happens. Right. And let's, let's really kind of throw Casey in the fire there and see how he responds. Um, but yeah, you know, strength experience, um, I thought was, I mean, that was largely the difference for Cole Matthews in that match. Um, also really fun to kind of see him, I, a lot of big 10, big 12 teams, like the teams that I watch at least don't get to wrestle Pitt very often. So just kind of fun to finally like see him and Mickey Phillippe. Like I always see highlights. Um, but yeah, wanted to ask you about those two. Also wanted to ask you about 97. Um, another fantastic match that went, um, Pitt's way. Um, like early in the match, Nino is able to get to his shots because he's Nino and that's what he does. It is. I've not seen anybody finish on younger when they pick up the leg. And for a long time in that match, Nino struggled with that too. Like, I don't know how many, what, three, four different times, at least three twice in the, in the third. Period. Yeah. Three in like the first three. Period. And then a couple different times in the third, mm-hmm. he gets to the legs just fine. It's just finishing. Um, he's able to do that in that last, like, you know, five seconds, able to take younger to his, probably 10 seconds, takes younger to his back, ends up getting two and two out of it, wins the match. What did you think was the difference there um, that allowed Nino to finish? Because uh, I know you've rewatched the duel. Yeah, I think urgency. Because the first ones he he gets in, he gets into shots so quickly. Like, it's impressive how how fast he is for a 97 because he's so he's so unassuming looking like you don't think he's going to be he doesn't look like a big 97 man no he's not he's i mean he's he's strong but he, he's he's got like that bow nickel look where he is jacked and really strong but he doesn't look it at all um but he's so fast to get to that leg and and he can sweep that up and pick it up so fast that i think he feels comfortable with it there and he doesn't didn't want to rush anything because he knows, you know, he, that younger strong there. So he's trying to get to a good spot and make sure he's, he's comfortable taking him down, but then he just pushes it to the edge so many times that he doesn't actually get to it. So when he felt the urgency, he pulled it in tighter instead of keeping space and he finished it right away. But the mistake that younger made was trying to roll through it because he would, mm-hmm. would have been able to roll through it if there was more space, but he kept that one tighter. So when he rolled through it, he got caught and that ended up being the difference with those two back ones. Yeah. He was a little lackadaisical after, um, Nino was able to finish that shot specifically. Um, you know, it's funny. We were talking to dresser about this last week. Like why is younger so comfortable with his own leg in the air? Um, and he basically alluded to the point that like, and I was thinking about this on the, on the broadcast, or while I was watching it. And then the announcers on the broadcast, shout out to uh, Warnock and company. They pointed this out that like when younger was able to score in the second, it was up. I mean, hands to the leg, pick it up, boom, finish immediately. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Nino, like you mentioned, wanted to be a little bit more patient and that almost worked against him almost mm-hmm. every other time he picked the leg up because the, like that allowed younger to get a little bit more comfortable. He was able to fight hands a little bit, hold position a little bit better. Um, but then, yeah, like you mentioned, just, up and quick late in the third period, like almost because he had to, right? Like it was, yeah. I need to get this or not. And then he just so happened to, you know, catch him on his back for the two and two. Um, really, you, really fun match. Yeah. No, I think you see that with Nino kind of across the board though. Like when he actually pushes to get a major or goes for a tech fall, he's finishing a lot quicker when he's just trying to win a match. 
you know, he's, he's a lot more methodical about it. Yeah. Um, really fun to see that one. Um, and then the final match 285. I know we skipped around a little bit, um, you know, but Dayton Pitzer, he's legit, man. Like he's, yeah. and I didn't know much about him until after his run at the Midlands. Um, so I started reading up a little bit more. And then again, shout out to the ESPN crew, I guess the ACC next crew, um, that was on the broadcast. Um, yeah, they crushed I didn't it. That was an awesome broadcast. Yeah, they were fantastic. Um, and I didn't, okay. So I didn't realize Dayton was a three-time Pennsylvania state champ. Probably <laughs> like would have been he a four-timer. Wa- yeah. Yeah. That's what they were saying. He wanted as a freshman injury, a sophomore year. And then he just like, he was the hot knife and the rest of the field was butter his junior and senior year, which yeah, makes that, a lot more sense why he's ready to go as a freshman. It also makes sense as to why he was kind of under the radar because that, that really important sophomore year wasn't there. So, yeah. you know, it was, it was great that he won you know, Pennsylvania state as a freshman, that's, that's very impressive, but then missing that sophomore year kept him off a lot of radars and then, you know, being close, he's, he's not far, you know, not far from Pittsburgh where, where he went to school. So he always had a good relationship with Keith. And that's one of the things that, that coach Gavin has done an amazing job with is locking down Western Pennsylvania. And he's getting so many of those recruits and you're going to see it when they start rolling out more. Cause I mean, they got maxed out, right. Ready to go behind, uh, Nino and, and there's there's a line. Briar Priest is going to be great. That's they've got some phenomenal recruits coming up just from that that local area. But you know Dayton was was under the radar a little bit. I was a little disappointed in I don't know if it was a coaching choice or just kind of the general. This is what we do. You know you always go on bottom, but he's such a hammer on top, and he had riding time locked up. I would have loved to see him stay on top in that third period instead of starting down. You know, worst case scenario, he gets out, you still have your riding time, you're still tied up. But with the way you've been able to ride, you know, I don't know that I see him getting out. So that's one of those things that that always kind of blows my mind is like the auto bottom. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, it, let's be situationally aware and, and use that to your advantage. Yeah, well, and then the other thing, too, is like for as good as Sam Schuyler has been this year, and he's been phenomenal reshaped his body a lot in the off season. Yeah. Like, looked at he's he strong here at Buffalo. Yeah. He's got a lot of horsepower, um, you know, and he's also just, he's just a better wrestler, you know, like he rolls with younger every day in the room, um, you know, been working a lot with Iowa state strength coach, like tenfold, a better wrestler than when he first showed up in Ames um, still struggles a little bit on bottom. Um, and I think, you know, that in tandem with Dayton Pitzer being very good on top, um, mm-hmm. I was a little shocked by that decision too. I kind of thought, you know, Hey, like clearly Keith Gavin watches tape. They probably watched the, you know, Skylar Cassiope match, like grab the wrist and run it, bro. Like just do that for two more minutes and you'll win the duel. Um, so, you know, I, like, I get it. They wanted their point. Um, but they, like you said, they could have had it with writing time, you know, mm-hmm. and especially after scoring that reversal in the first period and writing it out the rest of the way, I felt like that probably should have been the first clue for that particular match, if you wanted to see it, because a guy like Sam, who is getting, he's clearly a lot better. And still, even then, like, I know he scored late to win the match and then ultimately the duel, but, you know, Dayton did a lot of really good things. I thought even after, um, you know, he got up and out and even gave up his riding time point, like he took that shot and he stayed so active to kill Mm -hmm. like 40 seconds. And I'm like, I'm like, this kid's a freshman. Like that's, that's impressive. But to your point, um, you know, when you know you're good in an area and you know, I get it, duels are not as big a thing as tournaments. So whatever, 
tinker with it. But like when the duel's on the line, man, like you gotta you gotta put your guy where he's good. And so yeah, yeah when I saw that decision, I was a little, I was I was confused. I was very I'll put it that way. I was very confused. Yeah. And that last 15 seconds too, like once Sam gets in on that leg, he fought so hard with that wizard. And you know, he's he's a really small 285 and he's probably pushing 220. So, you know, are you gonna have the strength to be able to hold that wizard for 40 seconds? Probably not. So, you know, it'd be nice to see him kind of try to step over and kick out instead of just sitting there and, and waiting for the inevitable. But, you know, he's a freshman. That's that seems like a freshman mistake to me. Um, I think Skyler's experience really helped him out at the end of that match. And that's that's kind of what show, showed through for me. Yeah, the experience and then, you know, maybe a little bit of the added strength, right? Skyler's sitting mm-hmm. around two, 245, 250 pretty consistently. Um, he's gotten a lot stronger when it comes to that grip and, and just, you know, having that muscle endurance to be able to finish in a position like that, right? Like, I'm not sure Sam finishes that shot last year, um, you know, all else being equal. So, um, yeah, kind of weird tactical match, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I thought a really good win for Sam. I thought really impressive to be able to come back the way he did. I'm not sure that he does that either just between the ears, you know, after getting ridden as much as he did. Um, yeah. but still, still very impressed with a really young pit freshman. That's a guy that, you know, he, he comes out ready to go. He can make some noise in March. Yeah. And you know, they still haven't pulled the red shirt. He's still got one more match to go. So they still haven't actually decided if he's going to be the guy in March. Uh, so they have, they have Jake Slinger, who's a senior who pits her is much better than, and it's, is clearly the better option if they're, if they're in contention and, and chasing a trophy, which you know, they very well could be chasing a team trophy at ACCs too. So it's going to be a tough choice whether they they hold him back or not. But I mean, with the recruiting classes that they have coming, you know, do you want to save that to keep him in line with all those guys? Or do you want to, you know, go full full force when you have Nino and Mickey in their final year? You have Cole making a huge push. I mean, it, and you both the Heller brothers wrestled really well from a transfer. It's, you know, that's a that's a tough decision to make. So I'm I'm glad I'm not the one that's got to make that decision. <laughs> yeah, I am, I imagine we see him this weekend against Treffin because that'll be his fifth date either way. Um, so it'll be interesting. They have Duke their final match. So if Neeson bomb wrestles, he didn't wrestle this weekend, which is you know a whole other thing that I'm upset about. But <laughs> we'll see about that. Well, it's interesting that you bring up that decision making specifically because you know Iowa State has very much gone all in on trying to win a trophy this year. Like they have very much, you know, we're going to throw our hat in the ring, which is why, you know, guys like Casey and guys like Panero. I mean, Panero is probably always going to be there. Um, Dresser says now that Casey was always probably going to be the guy, but um, you know, you never know. Right. <laughs> like you just see it at the beginning of the year. Right. Like it's, he, it seemed like he was always going to be the guy, but you know, you just, you want him to wrestle a few things just to kind of see what happens. Um, you know, and Dresser made it a point to mention you know, when we were talking about him earlier in the year that like the, you know, that the Jacksonville dual tournament that they went to battle on the river city, um, that was only one date that, that he, he made it a point to, to say that. And so it's like, you know, okay, like let's, you know, we'll monitor this, I guess. And I think um, that's, that's actually one of those things that came into play with, with Dayton this weekend, because he wrestled Friday night as well. And they were able to count this as one date instead of two. So that, that saved another date. So, I mean, it's a, it's a fun rule. I didn't realize until this match that Panera was a true freshman. I thought he was a redshirt freshman because he, he technically I mean, doesn't, doesn't wrestle like a true freshman. No, he like he wrestles really well. And, and similar to Casey, he's gone through a handful of, you know, 
true freshman mistakes. I'm air quoting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, you know, when there's a more tape out there on you, D1 coaches are very good at their job. So they're going to start scouting you and they're going to start game planning against you. And, and Panero, I think, has solved things a little bit quicker than Casey has, um, which is why, you know, he took down Sammy Hilligus by major on Friday. Um, so, yeah, he so he is a true freshman. Again, air quotes. Um, he gray shirted <laughs> last year. So okay. he's he's a guy from Erie PA, came out and did the CRTC thing. He went to um, you know, the junior world team trials. I think he was a junior freestyle national runner up. Um, so did did the freestyle thing to kind of get ready for this year. So he he is eligibility wise a true freshman, but yeah, he's I mean, he's he's been in the system for a year, I guess you could say. <laughs> and then you got Mickey Phillippe, who's wrestling in his fourteenth season. So yeah, he's on that Michael Kemmer track. He's <laughs> <laughs> getting his doctorate this year, so he's good to go. It's a doctorate of wrestling. There we go. There you go. Mickey's a great kid. I had a, a really good interview with him this summer. He's a. It, it's interesting because he was originally a UVA commit, so I was here working with the club when he, when he first came in, and it was a big deal to get him. Uh, and then just kind of seeing his track has been really cool. He's a good guy. I can't even say kid anymore. He's like twenty seven. <laughs> He can rent a car. That's how old he is. <laughs> He's probably got a better 401k than I do. <laughs> um, really fun duel overall. Um, Iowa State wins it on criteria. Um, any final thoughts before I let you go? I know it's getting kind of late now that we're recording. So, Oh, no, you're good. I think um, it, it's – I'm glad that the this was a national duel. People from you know outside of ACC country got to see a really good ACC team. Um, I highly encourage everybody to check out uh, ACC network on Friday nights. We got some, we got two more weeks of, of conference duels. This weekend is going to be huge. Um, Pitt versus NC state is not on ACC network. It's on ACC network extra, but I know, um, shout out to rock Harrison. Um, we've been trying to split the broadcast because the broadcast for ACC network is supposed to be at Virginia and Duke this week, which, you know, not a super exciting duel. Um, (laughs) we want to give all the teams, you know, exposure and, and, and national spotlight. But when we have a duel that is possibly deciding the conference between, you know, two potentially top 10 teams after this weekend, it, it would be good to have, you know, bigger shot light, a spotlight shown down there. So we'll see, hoping to make a six and a, 6 PM and an 8 PM duel instead of just a 7 PM duel, but we'll see if it, if it goes through or not. Yeah, that would be, that would be pretty righteous. Um, I know people here that those duels are on Friday, right? Yep, all Friday nights. Friday night, seven o'clock, and then uh, Dude, Virginia Tech Friday- UNC this week too. It's going to be good too. Oh, that'll be awesome! Um, loaded slate of duels because what we got? What Iowa State, Northern Iowa on Friday, as well as um, over on the Big Ten side, Iowa's got Michigan on Friday as well. So um, yeah, mul- so, multi-screen it on Friday if you want to watch some college wrestling. If if you <laughs> don't watch Bryce Andonian and Austin O'Connor something is wrong with you. It's going to be absolute fireworks because O'Connor's been back to form of his national championship year. He looks amazing. And Donian is a freak of nature and it's got to be one of the most fun people to watch in the country. Um, so it's going to be a, that's going to be a fun, fun one. I think it was before, uh, before Iowa, Nebraska, I was flipping back and forth between Penn State, Michigan, and um, NC State, Virginia Tech. Um, that was a good one. First, dude, that was the Ed Scott, Bryce Andonian. <laughs> I was like, dude, like yeah. <laughs> scoring more than Iowa's football offense, like just absolutely incredible, um, which is not a hard feat to do. But on a side note, 
really <laughs> love the hokey script singlets. Like those might be my favorite. Those are great. So not going to lie. They had a give a giveaway for students that, that duel that I was there. And I definitely went and stole a student t-shirt because it's a <laughs> good looking shirt. So I have one. Is it now. the hokey script too? Mm-hmm. It's pretty sweet. Oh, I need to talk to Northern Iowa to do that because they have a Northern Iowa script um, purple singlet that I'm oh, really nice. hoping they wear on Friday night. It is, dude, it's it's purple with Northern Iowa with yellow trim. It's, oh man, it's so cool. I mean, we can go another hour talking about singlets. I'm good with that. <laughs> so, I mean, ACC's, not... ACC's got that locked down, so we're, we're good there. Yeah, yeah, you guys do. <laughs> Oh, man. Robbie, I always appreciate chatting, wrestling with you, especially when uh, teams that I cover clash with teams that you cover. Any final thoughts before I let you go for the night? Um, nothing, nothing big. Um, just just check out ACC Network on Fridays. It's going to be some good stuff the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm glad that that people are finally realizing how good the ACC is and um, check it out. It's fun stuff. Always great catching up with Robbie Wendell. He does great, great work. I don't know anybody that really knows the landscape of ACC wrestling better than that guy. And it's been really fun to, you know, we caught up with him at the uh, collegiate wrestling duels back in December when, you know, just a wild couple of days of wrestling, both Iowa State and you and I were there. He was obviously covering uh, NC State and UNC. So we got to see ACC Big 12 clash there. Um, Going to obviously see a ton of it come March, NCAA championships. Um, ACC is going to be amazing major player along with the Big Ten and the Big 12. So love uh, picking Robbie's brain about uh, about the ACC teams and just the guys to know. And I tell you what, man, they've been a lot of fun to watch. And um, it's always kind of fun when, when my teams intersect with his teams because that leads to just some really fun wrestling conversations. Um, so really appreciate Robbie making some time. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. That's all we've got today. We will be back later this week. Got another podcast coming. Um, Going to catch up with both Tom Brands. Iowa's got a pretty big duel against Michigan on. On Friday, as well as Kevin Dresser to get the Iowa State side of the UNI ISU duel on Friday in Cedar Falls. Um, so be on the lookout for that in your feeds on Thursday. Um, until then, be sure to rate and review the show uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the Des Moines Register. I don't want you guys to miss any of our wrestling coverage through the remainder of the season. We're on the home stretch now, right? Um, some big duels this Friday, boys state championships coming up next weekend. Um, a little bit of time off and then boom, we're into conference tournament time come March. So, um, don't want you guys to miss any of the good stuff that we've got planned and coming. You can find links to do all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. You guys, we will talk again soon.